one of the things I struggled with when I started leading worship was uh, when I would come off the stage and people would come up to me and, and they'd say, oh, you know, thank you so much. That was amazing. Oh, that was incredible. Thank you so much. And I never wanted to receive it because I firmly believe that that is something that God had put in me to do. And, and he put it in everyone to, to worship him, but to, uh, to lead, um, to shepherd in, in that area. So I felt kind of guilty for, for receiving that, you know, thank you so much. So I would always say, it's all God. It's, it's all God. It's all God. Well, I said that to your pastor one time. And he said, oh, no, that wasn't all God. If it was all God, that would have been much better. And I said, amen. Amen. That is true. So, uh, so now I just, say, I just say, well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I stood before you um, just over six years ago. Um, and gave my testimony, and um, I was here because I had heard God uh, call my family and I out to Colorado, um, and I, I stood here. I, I, you know, told you about where I had come from, my past. Um, I'll touch on that in a second, but um, you know, it's. It, it kind of it comes naturally to give your testimony, and I work for Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge, and we are all about our testimonies there. We go to a different church every Sunday and have students, and sometimes staff give their testimonies. So, um, you know, that comes very natural, um, and I can do that, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of that, but I really, um, I really felt God put a couple things on my heart, and uh, I'm going to share those as well. What I did pray um, with with all my strength was that God would help to put all these things for me in order um, as I speak this morning, that it wasn't just a bunch of random thoughts. And at this point in time, he has not done that. So... I'm standing there going, should I just go out and like read off my list of the things? And then I'll go, okay, now I can give my testimony. I just want to throw those out there, these little points. Um, but I don't know. I'm just going to roll with it. We prayed enough this morning um, that Holy Spirit would have his way. And, uh, and you know, we have a God that answers prayer. So I'm just going to roll with it. Um, so I, I said I stood before you and, and I, you know, I talked about... Um, at the time, it was my wife and our two young girls. Um, Elise was one or two, ever was, would have been about three. And um, God had said very specifically in, in prayer one day um, that I was to uproot us from the place that I had grown up and lived my whole life and, and my wife as well and move to Colorado, someplace I had never been. Um, he said Denver. God said Denver. Um, I ended up going to Colorado Springs. There was a Bible college there, and uh, I felt like I was supposed to pursue um, a degree in pastoral ministries. Um, So that's what we did. And you guys prayed over us, and we got in our car, and we drove out there. And uh, so this is my testimony. So we, we went out there, um, we went to Colorado Springs, and uh, it, it was beautiful, and it was amazing. 
But there were a whole lot of struggles out there. Um, I loved it. I got to climb mountains on a regular basis. I uh, I would go up to these, you know, there, there's so much privacy there. It is so vast. And I would go up to these spots and, and I'd get super spiritual and I'd bring my Bible and I'd find all these rocks and I'd build an altar and, and I would sit there and pray and put my Bible there and probably once in a while I'd take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. And... You know, I was I was living what I felt like I was supposed to be living, but it always did bother me a little bit that um, God had so specifically said Denver, and I kind of decided to uh, figure everything out and put things together so that it made sense. In the beginning, I told people I was picking up my family and we were moving to Colorado, and when someone would ask why, I would say because God told me to. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Christians say, wow, that's, you know, that sounds about right. That sounds like scripture. And some Christians would say, wow, that, that's, you know, are you sure about this? And then my friends that weren't Christians would say, you're nuts. Do you hear yourself? You know, you're taking your family. I mean, this is your family you're talking about. You're bringing your family out on this thing. And, and uh, you know, it could be dangerous, and, and, you know, you sound crazy. So I think in the midst of all that, I started trying to make sense of it and turn it into something that that sounded a little more logical. Um, Colorado Springs was an hour from Denver, so that was close. And there was a Bible college there that my pastor from Easton had been to, so that made sense. I was following in my pastor's footsteps. and um, So at the end of it all, uh, no job set up, nothing really necessarily waiting for us there. I had enrolled in Nazarene Bible College, but um, now we were going to Colorado Springs to live. And, uh, you know, I, there's not room for what-ifs in the kingdom of God. Um, you know, what if we had done this? What if we had gone straight to Denver? What, You know, I don't know. I, I don't know how that all would have played out because it didn't happen that way. Uh, I know that even in our mistakes— if we're still earnestly seeking God, that he will make use of it. I, I know that much. I know even if we're um, maybe slightly missing the mark or a couple feet over from where we were supposed to be, if we're doing it with a heart motive of God, I, I want to please you, I hope I'm doing this right, um, that he'll still make something incredible of it. And he did that. It was a struggle being there. It was a struggle for my wife to be away from the job that she had worked at for so many years. Um, she became pregnant with our son while we were out there. We had no family, so that was very hard for her. And I found myself, I got a job working um, right next to Garden of the Gods. Anybody that's ever been to uh, Colorado Springs, if you've ever seen Garden of the Gods, it's incredible. And I, I worked right next to it. I would have my lunch breaks sitting up on this rock face looking down on it. I was, it, it was heaven, it really was. Um, Part of my job, you know, I, I came from Delaware seeing deer once in a while to part of my job was keeping the bears away from uh, the general public. So at any given point in a day, I'd get to jump in um, a John Deere gator and chase black bears out of the area. Um, kind of amazing, kind of, you know, kind of a great story to tell. Uh, but at the same time, um, we still had, we'd been there about a year and a half and, and, you know, still hadn't fallen into a groove. Um, 
we had we had Emmett, our son, and, and Aaron was having trouble finding a nursing job, and, and things just weren't clicking, and I, I found myself going, God, I did all this, I came all the way out here, and, and uh, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to be panning out, you know, I was doing the best I've ever done in school, um, I was on dean's list and, and honor roll, and n- that was not my high school career, I graduated by the skin of my teeth, I, I really did, um, so this was something new too, um, but still, it just, you know, there was still like a restlessness, and I thought, well, maybe it's just because we're in a new place, and I don't know if that was it or not, um, but the next stage in life was a call from my dad. Uh, he had a lump on the back of his knee, and he was going to get it checked out. He had just been out to visit us for the first time, and I got to take him around, and that was very cool to show my parents Colorado, but um, two weeks after that phone call, he called to say that that lump had gotten bigger and it was cancer. Um, they were going to start radiation and, and uh, you know, it wasn't going wasn't to be a huge deal. They said they can shrink it down, they can cut it out, but he was going to start radiation. And I'm going, God, I'm supposed to go back, aren't I? And you got to understand, when I left Delaware, I was like, it's been nice knowing you. My kids are going to grow up in Colorado. We're going to be a mountain family. And I'll go, Delaware? Oh, yeah, Delaware. I used, to, I used to live in Seaford, Delaware. Have you ever heard of it? No, nobody has. No, no. And, you know, I, I really, I thought that was it. And I told people, I said, I, you know, that chapter is over. And then here, a year and a half later, which isn't, it goes quick. It goes really fast. And especially when you're going to school and working and doing all that and having babies. Um, so... Two weeks after that phone call from my dad, God allowed us to get out of the lease that we had just signed for a second year, and we had all of our stuff, again, in a U-Haul, and Aaron was in the car with with the kids, I was in the U-Haul with all of our stuff, and we are driving back across the country to Delaware with no idea what's going on. Um, I'm driving going, really? Like, you know what's happening here? Um, and you know, it, it's funny because when we were praying up here this morning, and this was one thing that I, I forget, I leave out quite often, but it was really huge in, in my, um, it, something huge that came out of my prayer time and my talks with God. Um, I said, God, tell me what's going on here. And I heard nothing. And I prayed, and this is over days. This isn't one um, one prayer. This is over days and weeks. I'm going, God, why? What? Why would you take us so far? Why would you, you know, bring us? Why would you bring me to a place that I love, fell in love with, and and uh, you know, why would I see all those things just to leave and and almost feel homesick? Um, and that's true. For about two years after moving back, I thought about Colorado every day, and it it, it made me it made me a little nauseous. I, I really missed it. But I, I said, God, why would you? And, and, you know, I went from wanting this huge essay from him to a paragraph to a sentence. And I said, God, just give me one word. Give me one word why you do this. And he said, adventure. And uh, Tina, correct? Um, she said that word this morning as we were praying. She said, today is going to be an adventure. And I went, I got to remember because that's, that's huge. That was a part of it. Um, and I can't, I can't argue with that. I could say it was a lot of things, um, but one thing I can't deny 
is that it was an adventure, because it was. And uh, I'm very thankful that, that God allowed that to be a part of my, uh, a part of my life. So we came back, and I kind of rushed through this part because I forgot how once I start talking, how fast time goes to me while I'm doing it. Probably goes slow for you. This clock that he left up here, probably for me, is, is flying. Um, but uh, so we came back. My, my dad was very sick. He got sicker. Um, six months from the time of that phone call, when he found out that it, it was cancer, he passed away. Um, now, my dad was the greatest man of God that I've ever known. Um, you know, I know there are some really huge giants out there today still, but as far as one that I knew well, um, it was my dad. And uh, no fear and no worry about where he was going, and that was a huge comfort. And it wasn't to me at first, but then I realized as time passed that it was. You know, I thought, well, of course he's going to heaven, but he's still this loss. You know, I'm still missing him. But then I went, you know what, that actually, that is a, that is a comfort. You know, it really is. Um, you know, I internalized a lot of it, and I, you know, sadly, I made a lot of it about me. Felt sorry for myself in it, um, which was wrong, but, you know, can be a, can be a, uh, a default sometimes. You know, the flesh likes to, likes to take control. Um, but something I realized after he passed away was that um, the only the only human being who I really cared about their opinion of me had left the earth. Um, I, any of you that know my testimony from the beginning, I, I work at Delmarva Adult and Teen Challenge, a faith-based Christian rehab, because I went through a lifetime of addiction, about 14 or 15 years of alcoholism and drug abuse. And um, in that lifestyle, you get very comfortable with not caring about what people think. Because if you do, and you're a walking catastrophe like I was, then you're even worse off. So I got very good at not caring what people thought. But after coming out of that and starting to care and find a healthy balance and know that I can't care to the point of where, you know, it, it, it affects me and makes me act a different way, um, uh, I, I, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't care too much, and, and I, I did care what my dad thought. I did care what he thought. So he passed away, and, and I kept doing what I was doing. I was leading worship um, at my home church in Easton. We were still living here because we hadn't found a house yet. Um, but something that happened, and, and it was a big deal, and it is a part of my testimony, and it's, it's not something I, I shout from the mountains, but in losing the person that I, I cared so much of what he thought and, and him going and, and being confused about the the journey and, and coming back, um, I actually started drinking a little bit again, and it, and it wasn't anywhere to the level that it had been, um, but it could have gotten there. It definitely could have. Um, you know, I found myself finding comfort in that again and uh, being very confused, and I thought, okay, so here I am again, back at the start, you know. What, what is God doing exactly? Series of things and realizations that made me come to the conclusion that I still could not do those things. I was still a person who needs to st- steer completely clear of alcohol, completely clear of, of drugs. And, um, you know, it, it, I, 
I'm not a person who can um, dabble in anything. I'm, when I go into something, I'm all in. And, uh, you know, I realized the danger in that again. But what did happen in it was I really felt like I needed to make a phone call to Teen Challenge, and I did that, and um, I talked to my friend who um, kind of runs the show and filled him in on some things, and he had been along for part of the ride with me on a lot of that, and he said, come back, work, start doing what you're supposed to be doing again. So I did that, and uh, that was... um, October of 2016, uh, I've been with Teen Challenge since then, and um, I feel like I know a little better of, of what, what God is doing and, and what he's using me for. Um, to Teen Challenge? It's incredibly hard to go back to Teen Challenge. Um, I when I said goodbye to Delaware, I thought I was saying goodbye to to that particular ministry as well. Um, there are some things I started struggling with mentally as far as, you know, my ministry was also what was paying me. So I started thinking, would I even do this for God if I wasn't getting a paycheck? Uh, and that that disturbed me, you know. I mean, I... I I, you know, I lead worship and, and I do these, you know, I do these things and we do food handouts and, you know, that's another, um, another one of the gifts God had given me as, as far as like cooking and, and food handling and things. I used both those things at this ministry, but I also got a paycheck for it. Um, but what was awesome is moving out there, um, God called me to a very missional church, uh, a lot of homelessness there, um, no money at all. And I found out that I would continue to lead worship even when there wasn't a paycheck, um, and I would continue to. It was the church was actually about forty-five minutes away, so I was almost having to pay to go do it. <laughs> I went from getting paid to do it to paying to do it, um, so that was that brought peace. But um, it was it was hard to go back, um, but again, it looked better than the road that I was looking looking at at the time. Um, I think my son is just completely. Crushed by the Holy Spirit, and he's moving to, um, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe I'll start doing it, I don't know. Um, but here's it, okay, so so then here we are, and here's my, my family, and uh, we ended up um, finding a house in Easton, um, and, uh, you know, I, I just, it's it's where God wants us, I'm, I'm thankful for that, and I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but I'll tell you one thing I realized too, and this is one of those like points I was talking about. I'm not going to get to say everything that I, I thought I was going to say, but I, I hope some of these things just, um, Pastor Tim prayed that they would be like burrs that just stick on you and you almost, you almost can't get them off. And um, I, I know I was, I found myself missing the big picture with a lot of things, praying so fervently about Lord, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be right here? Do you want me right here? Do you should I be should I should be over here? What's your will? Am I at the center of your will, or am I am I to the left of the center of your will? Am, am I right in the middle, or I need to be in the middle? And I, I felt you know through a lot of this, and still going back to that, God going, my will is that you worship me, and you represent me well, you tell people about me, and you can do that there, or you can do that there. Or you can do that there. 
and that brought peace. Um, Um, for me, for me, and these things, please, I'm, I'm not, I was going to pray before I spoke and then Pastor Tim prayed for me, but one of the things I wanted to pray is that I'm, I, I'm not trying to push my, um, my views and, and, um, perspectives on you guys whatsoever, and I'm not stating that their theology and their, and their gospel, um, but I will say that there are things that God has revealed to me. I was so worried about always being in the center of God's will um, when ultimately I can be in the center of God's will in many different places. Um, it's not one center location. You know, he's got, he's got the sovereign will that will never change no matter what. His sovereign will is going to happen even when it takes the worst things that have to happen. His son had to be murdered for his sovereign will to take place, and, and that was going to happen regardless of what anyone else did. And then there's the part of his will that we have a choice in, that we have a say in. It's his will that we abstain from sexual immorality. It's his will um, that we serve him. It's his will that we love others, and that will we have a choice. Um, we can say yay or nay to that, and, um, and then if we say nay, get the um, you know, get the consequences and the costs of that. And uh, I guess I just got wrapped up in a lot of the talk. I hear it a lot, you know. I heard, well, you're going to be unhappy if you're not at the center of his will. You're going to be restless. You're not going to have any peace if you're not at the center of his will. But, you know, what I felt was, what I heard was, um, serve me, serve my people, love me, worship me. And tell people about me. You can do that anywhere you need to do that. You can do that as a carpenter. You can do that as a worship leader. You can do that as a bank teller. You can do that as a clerk in a grocery store. Um, um, something something else in the same thing. I met with... Um, I met with Pastor Tim on Monday because he asked me to do this months ago, and I said yes, and I didn't pray about it or think about it or anything. I just said yes. So as the time got closer, and I'm a procrastinator, um, uh, I started getting more kind of anxious about it and knew it was coming up. And uh, I said, can we just meet? You know, I, I, I just need to meet before, you know, I come to your church. Um, so we met on Monday, and I just told him, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he started to laugh. And then I tried to elaborate, and he stopped me and continued to laugh. And he said, just let me enjoy this. Um, But one of the first questions he asked was, you know, paraphrasing, uh, where are you with God right now? What is God doing right now? Where are you with Jesus right now? And, And then we went on to talk about a, whole bunch of other stuff, and it was good conversation. We talked about theology, and we talked about life and people and ministry, but as I drove away, I realized I still have no idea what I'm, what I'm supposed to say or what I'm, you know. His whole thing was testimony, just say, you know, whatever God's doing, and um, if, I were to, if I were to talk about what God's doing, the will, the will of God was, 
one huge thing that I've, I've been wrestling with and um, God's been ministering to me about. Um, another thing is that um, I think I have, um, I know God loves me. It's in his character to love me. I was created by him. Um, but I think I have struggled with whether he likes me or not. I think that is something that still messes up my walk with him quite often. Um, is that he loves me because he has to, but he doesn't have to like me. And, uh, you know, I'm still walking through that. I think a lot of the um, legalistic stuff I hold on to, a lot of the wrong perspectives I have are based on that, you know. Um, and um, that's something I'm, I'm struggling with. I think another thing, and it may be birthed out of that thought, um, Emmett, can you sit down with mom, please? Um, something that might be birthed out of that is that I end up making God sometimes the hardest part of my day rather than him being the peace and him being the comfort and him being the joy. Um, Instead of those things, he's the hammer. Um, He's the discipline. He's the warden. And I don't want to sound like I don't love him in saying that. Um, I do. But I think the enemy uses that for me to miss the big picture quite often. Um, God should be what I run to when the world is too much to handle. And for some reason, I get so turned around, the world becomes the easy part and the God part becomes the challenge. And it shouldn't be that way. And it's, he doesn't want it to be that way. There's so many things, so many things that are just, you know, God's economy is so backwards. And, and um, you know, even working in ministry and even being a worship leader, uh, being in it, you know, five to seven days a week, I can still get these wrong ideas and these wrong perspectives. I can still pray every day. I can still lead people to worship him and worship him myself every day and then walk off the stage with a completely wrong idea. And um, I think that happens uh, in a lot of things, in a lot of areas. You know, God gives us these gifts, and some of them, and like for me, I, I think with music, this gift of music and this gift of worship, I think he put that so much in me. That is so much of him um, that when people say, you have a heart for worship, you have a heart for this thing, you have a heart after God for these things, and I think they're a little crazy because I can't see it myself, is that that was so much implanted in me, I might not ever see it, maybe. Some of these gifts are so implanted in our DNA put there by God specifically for his glory, for his use, that we might not ever really get to see them like other people see them. But then there's these other areas where, you know, public speaking would be one maybe, where I wish I was a lot better at it or or I think I need to be, but it is an area of weakness for me. And then I realized, well, that's excellent because God shines even more in those because I can tell you my prayers in the last 48 hours and my eagerness to encounter him before coming before you guys um, looked a lot like what I used to do before, like SATs, you know, 
back in high school, you know, oh, I'll get around to study and I'll get around to it. And then like two days before and I'm like, oh, Lord, 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 Lord you know, and, and that's how I was. And I went, you know what? I should be like this. This is how I should be all the time. You know, not nervous about it and not, you know, he doesn't wish for any of us to have anxiety, but seeking him like that, have it be that important to me. And it's crazy that in something like this gift of worship that he would give me, I'm not that same way with it. You know, here I am doing one of the most important things that we can do for the Lord, um, you know, to praise him and give him all the honor and the glory. And I can sit so comfortably in it that I don't even have to study for it. I don't even have to, uh, I don't have to think about it. I, I can just, you know, if, if Pastor Tim had asked me to come this morning and, and lead worship, my life would not have changed at all. Not a bit. Now, I would have prayed, don't get me wrong, I still would have read the word, and I would have prayed, but I would have been at ease, and there would have been no, um, there would have been no spiritual cramming going on um, like there was. Um, and I think I have that backwards, too. I, I think um, that's, another, that's another area where, you know, I really need to work this out with the Lord. Um, another point I, I, I really felt like I wanted to share with you guys is that after almost 10 years in this walk with the Lord, um, that I can still be incredibly derailed from a great, in-tune spiritual path by the things I let in my ears and by the things I let in my eyes. You know, I, I, um, a lot of the struggles I used to have nine or 10 years ago, I don't have anymore, but there are new ones. There are new ones that come up, and as comfortable as I think I can be in, in you know, in my um, position in, in ministry, man, if I watch the wrong movies for a few days, I am, I am off the path, you know? If I, if I do some things and see some things and hear some things that I know I shouldn't be letting in the ear gate or letting in the eye gate or however you want to phrase it, um, it they can really derail me. You know, and I, I, I guess I thought that the longer I was in this walk, that the easier those things would get or the less hold they would have on me. But if I hand myself over to the world like that on a silver platter, it can have its way with me. It still can, you know, even as a worship leader, even as someone who works in full-time ministry. And, um, and I struggle with that, and, and I pray that God meets me there. I know you guys are in Colossians, and I don't know if, I think Pastor Tim did mention that to me when we met. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, if I was already in Colossians, or if somehow by him mentioning that subconsciously made a note, mental note of it. And, um, but I was reading in it, and in uh, Colossians 1.16, it says, For him, in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Through him and for him. So we were created through him and we were created for him. And I just pray that, I pray that I don't lose sight of that. That I don't take these things that he's put in me that were for him and make them for something else. Um, A little further down, it says, 
He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. (laughs) I've been watching it this whole time. Um, In order to present you, in order to present us holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Then it says in 23, provided that you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven. Um, You know, I read that first part and I go, yes, Jesus sacrificed himself. His death reconciled um, us who believe in this fallen world were made right to stand before God. But then that provided, provided that you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast. And I went as much as sometimes I just feel like there should be this um, ease and this comfort, not to coast, but to say God's got this. I see, I still have a responsibility. Um, I still have a responsibility to, to seek him and to watch what I do and to watch what I watch. Um, and to be careful about the people I put myself around. And, um, you know, you can be far into this thing and, and uh, you know, and still, still, be, still be in danger. Um, you know, God's not going to force you to do this thing right. God's not going to force you to do the things that bring him glory and please him. Because he truly loves us. And uh, he hopes. He wants to see us do those things. Um, I, the other day, my, my son, Emmett, um, with my daughters, we never had any behavioral issues. Um, that wasn't, a, wasn't really, they were both extremely well behaved and, and uh, just never, you know, had to lay a couple spankings down, but, but not much. And Emmett is a very different story. I don't know if that's because he's a boy or if he's possessed or whatever it is. I don't know. But a very different, very different story than, than with the girls. And, uh, you know, I've gone to so many different places. I've tried, you know, okay, well, I can't be your buddy now. I've just got to be your dad. I can't do the friend thing. I've tried to do it. And I wanted to have that relationship with him. But it seems like that almost leads to, well, he doesn't have to listen to me if we're buds, you know. So I've gone to a bunch of different places. But the other day, this was just two days ago, and I said, Emmett. Just please, I just want you to behave. And he said, but it's too hard. And I said, no, it's not hard. You just have to do what's right. He said, I want to, but it's just so hard. So I said, can we pray every night that God help you to do what's right instead of doing the things that, you know, you feel? And he said, yes. He said, yes, we can do that. And I was convicted after thinking more about that because just like I said about, you know, making God the hardest part of my life sometimes, um, you know, I'm the same way. I am. Uh, a grown man with some of the same issues that a five-year-old boy has is that what comes naturally to me sometimes um, is not what's pleasing to God. And sometimes the stuff that is, I have to struggle so hard to do those things. Um, but something beautiful is that in that struggle, when you don't give up, 
And when you do it from a place of wanting to please your Heavenly Father, that God's glory will shine in those areas and they will become strengths. Um, They will become beautiful. I'm going to close and and I I hope that um, there's been something that's made sense. But, you know, one thing I really felt like I wanted to say and I didn't write it on my paper. I I jotted some notes, but... um, you know, as I said about God's economy being so backwards from, you know, the world's economy and, and the way things are, I have not had, you know, I, I mean, we've moved around a lot, and I, I lost my dad, and, uh, um, you know, there's been some hiccups and some hang-ups, but I've really not been hit with a whole lot of hardship. And I think in the back of my mind, I kind of thought that's because, you know, I was blessed. Um, God's hand is upon me. Um, you know, his angels are around me like we pray all the time. And, and I just assumed, you know, there was like this, this spiritual thing happening where I got protected from, I got shielded from a lot of the bad things. But, you know, honestly, this is what I think. And I could be wrong. And frankly, maybe I, I kind of hope I am wrong. But um, I think a lot of that, for a lot of you that get hit with a lot of hardships, and are really going through it, and are still sitting here, it's because of how strong God has made you, and how faithful God has made you, and able to go through that. Because for people like me, who can kind of, you know, kind of coast and have things all kind of fall into place, I don't think it's because I'm so incredibly blessed, or because His hand's on me more than it's on you. I think it's because I would crumble like the funnel cake that Pastor Tim's son made if I got hit with too much. Um, and all I'm saying is that in 10 years, I think I'm, uh, there's still a lot of maturing I have to do spiritually. But for a lot of you that seem to just be getting hit from every side, I believe it's because God knows you're faithful and you trust him and you're going to make it through it and you're going to come out on the right side of that. Um, I'd like to think that I could withstand about anything, um, but I can tell you just from last night trying to find a parking space in front of my mom's building, I had to run her some groceries, and there was a space, and then someone pulled into it. And part of me, and I, this is pathetic, okay? Part of me went, God, are you serious? I just blamed God that someone pulled into the parking space that I was going to take. God, why are you doing this to me? And then I drove a few more feet and turned around, and there was another one. Um, but I, I mean, I realize in that kind of silliness that, man, I've got a lot of growing to do, you know, um, you know, I can, I can work in ministry and I can, you know, I can praise him and, and I love doing that. And I do believe that, that I was, I was made to, to do that. Um, but man, outside of that, a lot of things can be off, you know, a whole lot of stuff can be off, but I just want to give that to God. And, uh, again, I think maybe out of the 10 things I wanted to say, two and a half of them came out. Um, but thank you guys for having me, and I uh, just really appreciate your your prayers and your love. And um, this has always been one of my favorite churches from the first time I came as a student in 2010 uh, with Teen Challenge. Um, there's prophetic words spoke over me, and uh, it was just, this one has always, this church has always been on my heart, so... Thank you again, guys.